Good morning, International Christian Fellowship online campus. You see, I have this sign that says smile because today is a great day for you to smile and remember that God has a great word for you. We're so glad you decided to join our service online. I pray that you'll enter into worship. I pray that you'll receive from the ministry of the word. And in the end, I pray that you will make a new commitment for this week and the coming weeks that you will follow the Lord, you will listen to the Lord, and you will live for him with a smile on your face. Enjoy the service. Well, good morning. morning. How are you all today? If you are not aware and you came looking for Pastor Jennifer today, obviously I am not Pastor Jennifer. If we've not met, my name is uh, Larry Hammock. Uh, April and I, my wife and I, why don't you stand and wave on the front row. Yeah. Have been friends with Pastor Jennifer and her husband, Pastor Rick, for many, many years. And uh, we've been privileged to come here and minister and be part of your church on several occasions over the years, and we are just happy to be here. Do I, do I need to do something different? Am I causing? No, I'm okay? All right. So, uh, again, welcome. I want to say thank you to Pastor Jennifer for this invitation, for allowing April and I to come be part of this great church uh, one more time. We certainly appreciate that, and uh, we love you. We've been praying for you, and I believe God has good in store for us. It's good to see you today, those of you who maybe found alternate routes to get to church because of the traffic control today, but uh, we're glad you are here, and also want to say welcome to our online campus and community. In fact, can we tell folks online, thank you for coming and being part? Yeah, it means so much to us that you are with us today. If uh, you don't mind, just put in a comment in the comment section and let us know that you're with us. If you have a prayer request, you can uh, let us know about that as well. Well, today we are continuing the monthly theme of completely connected. The theme for the church this year is um, complete in him. It's from Colossians chapter 2 and verse 10, which says you are complete in him who is over all. January's theme was completely his. February's focus was completely loved. And today we continue the theme that we started last Sunday with completely connected. The biblical pattern is for his people to live and serve God completely connected to each other. Now, when I think about that, one of the early things that comes to mind is that God wired us to be connected. God built us. He programmed us. He designed within us this capacity and need to be completely connected. In Psalm 133.1, we read how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Certainly, there's something about togetherness, isn't there? We can worship God by ourselves. We can pray and we can seek God by ourselves. But there's an added dimension when we begin to just gather and to pray, and to sing, and to worship, and do it all together. Over the last two years, we've become very aware of our need to be together. 
We've had to be isolated because of uh, a protocol to handle the pandemic, but we recognize this deep need for connection. The truth is, I need you, you need me, and we need each other. So will you tell the person sitting next to you today, I need you. And turn to tell the other person, the one on the other side, I need you. Yeah, we need each other. Our theme verse for March is Colossians 4.17 from the message version, which says, and oh yes, tell Archippus, do your best and the job you receive from your master, do your very best. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you this morning. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your spirit, which we already have sensed in this place and in our lives. And now we ask you that you will speak to us through your word. Holy Spirit, help us to hear what you would say to us today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week we talked about, as we began the subject of Completely Connected, that we are better together. Today we're going to talk about making the connection. It's one thing to say we're better together but then we have to take that a step further and make the connection. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're using the same text out of uh, Colossians chapter 4, verses 7 through 17. And uh, if you'll read along with me, if you wish, my good friend Tychicus will tell you all about me. He's a trusted minister and companion in the service of the Master. I've sent him to you so that you would know how things are with us, and so he could encourage you in your faith. And I've sent Onesimus with him. Onesimus is one of you and has become such a trusted and dear brother. Together they bring you up to date on everything that has been going on here. Aristarchus, who is in jail here with me, sends greetings. Also, Mark, cousin of Barnabas. We'll talk more about Mark in just a few minutes. You received a letter regarding him. If he shows up, welcome him. And also Jesus, the one they called Justice. These are the only ones left from the old crowd who have stuck with me in working for God's kingdom. Don't think they haven't been a big help. Epaphras, who is one of you, says hello. What a trooper he has been. He has been tireless in his prayers for you. Praying you stand firm, mature, and confident in everything God wants you to do. I've watched him closely and can report on how hard he has worked for you and for those in Laodicea and Aeropolis. Luke, good friend and physician, and Demas both send greetings. Say hello to our dear friends in Laodicea, also Nympha, and the church that meets in her house. After this letter has been read to you, make sure it gets read also in Laodicea and get the letter that went to Laodicea and have it read to you. And oh yes, tell Archippus, do your best in the job you receive from the master. Do your very best. Today what I hope you take home with you is this one simple truth. Believers can be completely connected. Have you ever felt like you wanted to be connected? but just couldn't quite make the connection. 
A lot of us go through that as we're growing up in school, that there are people that maybe we admire or want to be part of their lives, and it, it just doesn't seem to happen. We go through some of those awkward stages where we want to be connected to someone, but that doesn't happen. And maybe as a believer, you've come to a place in your life where you say, you know, I really want to be connected. The good news is, as a Christian, as part of a church community, you can be connected. I want to give you uh, some simple ways to do that. As we look through the verses that we just read, first of all, it takes time for connection to grow. It takes time for connection to grow. Connections don't just happen instantaneously. And when you read this passage that we just read, there are nine individuals in this passage. Tychicus, who Paul refers to as a beloved brother and a faithful minister, a faithful servant of the Lord. Onesimus, see what he says about him? He is a faithful and beloved brother. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner. You notice the emphasis on fellow, that we're in this together, we're connected. Mark and Jesus, who is called Justice, my fellow workers for the kingdom. Epaphras, a servant of Christ. And Luke, the beloved physician. Demas and Archippus are also mentioned. You see, the truth is that if we want to live a connected life, and we do, if we want to be connected to all that God is doing in the life of those around us, it takes time. It takes time, not just a long amount of time, months or years, but it takes your time. It takes my time. It takes time to come to church. It takes time to reach out to friends. It takes time to uh, be with others if you really want to be connected. There's a good example of this in 1 Kings chapter 19. The prophet Elijah had witnessed a great victory on Mount Carmel. There God had answered by fire. You probably know the story. The prophets of Baal, the false prophets, were killed. And after that great victory, you would think that Elijah would be on the mountaintop. You'd think he'd be stepping high, but the wicked queen threatened his life and said, I'm going to kill you. And he ran and he hid. And he found himself isolated by a creek and God cared for him there. But when you read through the passage, you also recognize that he was really discouraged and depressed. He was all by himself. And he began to pray things like, oh God, there's nobody left but me. And God said, and this is my translation, I think God said, oh, shut up. There are thousands that have not bowed their knee. So God, through a process, God sends him to make a connection with a young man named Elisha. In 1 Kings 19, verses 19 to 21, we read, Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Saphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. It's a symbol of come and be part of what I'm doing. Come, take on my mantle. 
come, be my apprentice. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. See, it was in Elijah. Elijah was a mighty prophet of God. But it was in a low moment in his life that God moved him to make a connection. That God moved him. He had experienced the power. He had experienced the authority of being God's prophet. He had seen the miracle of rain, uh, of, uh, rain of fire come out of heaven and consume a sacrifice. But he needed a connection. So God sent him to make that connection. There are a couple of truths about connection. For a connection to happen, someone has to initiate it. For a connection to happen, someone has to go up and say, Hi, my name is Larry. Can we get coffee sometime this week? Anybody in here drink coffee? I, I, I personally love coffee. I start every morning at my house. You can hear a coffee grinder as I take fresh beans and go, Wing. I love coffee and one of the reasons I love coffee, uh, one of the reasons I love coming to Rome is you can fall down and find a coffee shop. <laughs> the only problem I see with coffee in Rome is you use too small of cups. <laughs> but he says to him, listen, I, I want you to initiate. God says to Elijah, initiate. Take the first step. Go to Elijah. Go to Elisha. And initiate a relationship. So in taking time to establish a relationship, you must be willing to initiate. And then you must be willing to accept or receive. Elisha could have said, thanks, no. Like a lot of girls I asked out on a date when I was in high school. You don't have to laugh at that. Thanks, no, but Elijah received the request from Elijah to make the connection. See, we can, if we will step out, we can take time to establish a connection. Secondly, if we're going to make real life-changing connections, then we need to value people for connection to last. Value people for connection to last. Notice verse 10. There Paul says, my fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. I'm going to talk about Mark in just a couple of moments. But when you think about making a connection and valuing people, I want us to understand, first of all, that God directs our steps, and in directing our steps, he directs our relationships. Did you follow that with me? God directs our steps, and in directing our steps, he directs our relationships. Proverbs 20, verse 24 reminds us, a person's steps are directed by the Lord. We don't just happen to have a coincidence. There are no coincidental meetings for believers. It doesn't just happen. But God directs our steps, and in directing our steps, he directs our relationships. Your pastor, uh, Pastor Jen's husband, Pastor Rick, I just happened, as the world would say, see it, 
to go on a missions trip to Managua, Nicaragua, in Central America. I had never met Pastor Rick. I had never heard of Pastor Rick. But when I arrived there, Pastor Rick was leading that particular missions trip. So when I arrived there and I met Pastor Rick, we began a relationship and a friendship that lasted for years and years. I first met him, I think, in 2009. But you see, the Lord directed me to go on a mission trip. Why? Because when I arrived in Nicaragua, I was going to meet Pastor Rick. And over the years that followed, Pastor Rick came and ministered in our church in Georgia. And he helped our church develop and grow in Georgia. We met Pastor Jen. Rick uh, and Pastor Jen met April. And we began and continued a relationship that, quite frankly, is why I stand here today. You see, nothing happens by coincidence. But God directs our steps, and in directing our steps, he directs our relationships. Now, when we value people, not only recognize God directing us, but we value people extending grace and disappointment and hurts. I've mentioned a couple of times that we're going to talk about Mark, John Mark, uh, in our text. That here in verse 10... It says, my fellow prisoner Aristarchus sends you greetings, as does Mark. That seems so benign, doesn't it? Just kind of in passing. That, hey, honey, when you go to the grocery store, get some milk and some bread. Just kind of facts. But we need to know a little more about the relationship between Mark, also known as John, or John Mark. The relationship between him and Paul. Because now Paul is referring to him as a fellow worker in the kingdom. John Mark was a young minister. And actually, John Mark is the one who wrote the gospel, Mark, later in his life. But John Mark has a cousin named Barnabas. You might remember Barnabas was part of the first missionary team of Paul and Barnabas that was sent out to preach the gospel. And John Mark went with them, but when he got on the mission field, for whatever reason, Acts 13, 13 says that from Pamphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga in Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. Now, we don't really know why John left, but John left the missionary team of Paul and Barnabas, and he went back to Jerusalem, his home. Paul and Barnabas finish their mission. They go back to the church in Jerusalem where they report all that God did. And then they get ready to go on another missionary journey. And in their discussing and talking about it, Barnabas says, great, I'm ready to go. And by the way, John Mark's going with us. <laughs> I don't know what you think about the apostle Paul, but there's one thing I believe we probably could agree on that he was a strong-minded and strong-willed man. When you read through uh, uh, the book of Acts, you see all that he went through, and he was not easily intimidated. He was a man who just spoke what he believed God wanted him to say. So they get ready for the second missionary trip, 
And when they do, Barnabas says, by the way, John Mark's coming. And Paul said, oh, no, he's not. I took him with me once. He left me when the going got tough. I'm not taking him again. And Acts 15, verses 37 through 40, lets us in on how this happened. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with him. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left and commended by the believers of grace that God chose Timothy and they went on their own way as well. So here's what we need to understand is that God moves in unusual ways even when we think there's a problem and a disagreement. You see, a lot of people would look at that and they would call that a church split. There was a missionary team, Paul and Barnabas. But over a disagreement, not only is there now one missionary team, but now there are two missionary teams. Because Paul takes Silas and Barnabas takes John Mark. So we're seeing a little more about this relationship between John Mark and Paul. Now, here's where I want to really get us to. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Later in Paul's life, when he's in prison here in Rome and he's about to be executed, he writes to his son in the faith, Timothy, and he says some things to Timothy. He says, Timothy, if you're coming, you need to come quickly. Now, when you come, bring my coat and bring the parchments that I left behind. And he said, and also get Mark. And bring him with you because he is helpful to me in the ministry. Here's the point. Here in our text, Paul refers to John Mark as a fellow worker. And we see in his life that the man that he would not even go on a missionary trip with says he's not going with me, leave him behind. So much so that it sent out two missionary teams later in Paul's life because he valued the relationship, because he valued the connection, he said, bring John Mark with you. He's important to me. You see, if we're going to build lasting, make lasting connections and build these complete connections, then we must value people. And then thirdly, I must invest myself to make the connection and to give life in that connection. I must invest myself for connection to be life-giving. You know what Jesus did? Jesus made connections better than anyone. He showed us the example. Jesus could have done his entire earthly ministry all by himself. He didn't need any help. But he chose to gather around him people first the 12 disciples, and then beyond that, there were the 70 that he sent out. And then there were the 120 that gathered in the upper room. All through Jesus' life, he was building connections. And we see that in Mark chapter 4, as he began his ministry, Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, 
They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. If we're going to make connection, then we must invest ourselves in other people. It's not just enough to say, oh, God bless you. It's not enough to just say, well, I think they have talent, they have potential. But we must be willing to invest ourselves following the example of Jesus. Jesus saw these fishermen and he said to them, come and follow me. Come and follow me. That's the easiest way to make a connection is to just reach out and invest yourself into someone else. Paul, writing again to his son Timothy, his son in the faith Timothy, in 2 Timothy 1.6, says, For this reason I, might, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is on you through the laying on of my hands. I remind you to fan into flame this gift which you received when I laid my hands on you. Investing in the next generation. Investing and those who would carry the torch of the gospel of Jesus after Paul was gone. You see, he was willing to invest himself. When I was a young preacher in my 20s, a man who uh, was a leader in the Assemblies of God in the U.S., he pastored a great church. His name was Bon Bowman. He pastored a big church for over 40 years in the state of Michigan. He was a district leader for a time, and he retired about the time I was in a particular church just starting ministry. And he retired to the state of Georgia and to the town where I lived, and he began attending our church. And I knew who he was, and I was uh, intrigued that he was there. And over a period of time, uh, I, I would say hello to him. He knew my name. I was on staff at the church. And he came up to me after church one Sunday and said, Larry, what are you doing Tuesday? And I said, anything you want me to be doing Tuesday. I, re I revered him. I honored him as a, a man who had given his life in the service of the kingdom of God. And he invested in me over the next years, as long as he remained alive. He invested in me on a regular basis. He'd say, I'm picking you up for lunch. Be ready. And I'd say, yes, sir. And he often would bring to me his own handwritten notes. And he would talk to me about how to be a man of God, how to lead a congregation, how to be faithful to my family. Here was a man who was getting nothing out of our relationship. There was nothing I could do for him. He was a man who uh, was retired and he could have just enjoyed life. But instead, he chose to invest himself in a young preacher and to help me take the next steps and to make sure the, ta uh, the torch was passed to the next generation. So how do we completely connect? We invest ourselves in somebody else. We invest ourselves in others around us. We invest ourselves in the next generation. So what do I do today? Worship team, if you'll come back. What do I do today? Pursue healthy and God-giving connections. Pursue healthy and God-giving connections.
connections. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let us consider how we can spur one another on. How can we spur one another? There where you sit today and those of you who are online, I want you to think for a moment. Who has made a real difference in your life? Who in your life just came along at the right time and has made all the difference? Maybe a parent, a coach, a teacher, a fellow Christian. Who's made a difference? Who the connection with them has made all the difference in your life? Then I want to ask you a second question. In whose life have you made a difference? In whose life have you invested and poured yourself in? You've initiated the connection. You've reached out to them. You see, I need you. You need me. And we need each other. This month, it's all about being complete in connection. That God guides and establishes our relationship. So I want to pause for a moment. And will you take about a minute and a half? And will you ask God to show you one or two people with whom you need to make connection? Someone that he wants you to reach out to them. Or maybe someone that has reached out to you that you need to accept and receive that connection. Right there where you are. Will you just ask him? Come on. Ask him. God, today, who? Who? Are you asking him? Whose name is he dropping in your spirit? Whose name is coming to mind? Hallelujah. The greatest connection that each of us should make is a connection with Jesus. He is the life giver, the savior and our soon coming king. So I want to ask, have you made a connection with Jesus? Have you accepted him? And if not, then I want to just pray a simple prayer and invite you to join me in this prayer and to accept Jesus and his invitation to a life-altering connection today. Will you stand with me all across the room? And will you all say this prayer out loud with me so that anyone in the room who needs to say this prayer can without uh, feeling so self-conscious. Those of you who are online, you can say this prayer with us right where you are. Dear Jesus, come on, say it like you mean it. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for making a connection with me. I ask you today 
to forgive me of my sins, to make me new. For I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Come be my Lord today and for the rest of my life. I thank you for loving me so much. Help me now. It's in your name I pray. Amen. With your eyes closed and please no one moving around for just a moment. If you prayed that prayer today and you made a connection with Jesus or you renewed your connection to Jesus, I want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way, but I want to know who you are and I want to pray for you. So will you just simply raise your hand and say, Pastor Larry, today... Today, I may thank you. Today, I made a connection with Jesus. Thank you. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Lord, I pray that you just minister to those who are being drawn to you and that you will reveal yourself in such a way that they can never be the same again. Lord, for those online who are making commitments to you today, I ask that you affirm this time in their hearts and in their lives and that you touch them for your glory and for your honor and for their benefit lord you are so good you are so good we love you today we love you today if you have a need any need in your life that you need for jesus to come alongside you and to help or meet that need, to help you or to either just meet your need for you. Will you lift your hand? Hey, Pastor, today I've got a need. Come on. Come on. Pastor, today I've got a need. So with it, keep that hand up. Keep it up. And now ask Jesus to meet that need for you. I'm going to pray for you here in just a second, but just keep it up. You ask Jesus. You ask Jesus to meet your need. Lord, and we're a people of faith. Today, there are hands all across this room who are saying, I need you, Jesus, to come and help me in this situation. I need you to come and minister. I need you to come and do what I cannot do in my life, in my family, in my business, on my job. Lord, I ask you now in the name of Jesus that you will meet every need and that you will just reveal yourself, empower them, do miracles for your glory and for their benefit. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will you quickly pray with me over the situation between uh, uh, Russia and Ukraine? God, we know that you are the Prince of Peace. So, Lord, we pray that you will rule as Prince of Peace in Ukraine and in Russia. Lord, that you will cause the fighting to stop and that you will bring about a resolution to this situation for nothing is too hard for you we pray for the people of ukraine that you will protect them and minister to them and provide every need we pray for wisdom for leaders lord we love you and we thank you for it in jesus precious name in jesus precious name hallelujah Somebody, can we just give the Lord a praise? Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, uh, you're about to be dismissed to go to your connect groups. Isn't that appropriate? We're talking about connection. 
to go to your connect groups uh, before we go. Will you just extend your hands this way? Again, thank you to Pastor Jennifer for this opportunity. Thank you for you guys loving April and, and me so much and just allowing us to be here with you. It is now my privilege as a servant of the Lord to declare over you the blessing that God gave to Moses. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May he lift his countenance toward you and give you peace. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Worship team, carry us out of here. God bless you. Have a great day. I'll be here if anybody needs specific prayer for just a couple of moments. Pastor Jennifer, and I want to say to you, I'm so thankful that you were able to participate in the service today. And now is the time when we make a decision to pray. To um, It's a step of action that we take after hearing the Word of God. And so first and foremost, I want to invite you, if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, that right now today, you invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life. So I want you to pray with me, and then I want you to send me an email or a message that says, you know what, I'm making a new start with Jesus because of what I did today. So just pray with me right now. Dear Lord Jesus, you say it, dear Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life, to forgive me of all my sins and disobedience to the Word of God, and Lord, take all of me and help me to serve you in the days to come. From this day forward, for the rest of my life, I'm going to live for Jesus with the help of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I am so glad you prayed that prayer. And you know what? We don't live in private. We live in public. So tell somebody, you know what? I'm serving God now. I'm walking with Jesus now. Find someone who can help you on this new journey in this new season. Because even in new seasons and deeper walks with the Lord, we need each other. The second thing I want to say to you this morning is I know that there are many of you that are watching online that have burdens. Maybe you're home because you're sick or you've had an unfortunate circumstance. And so today, I want you to know that we at ICF Rome are your church family and we're praying for you. And so right now, I'm praying that the God of heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit would come into that room and that place where you're watching and you would feel the miraculous working power of Jesus. I want you to know that the Lord is with you. You're not alone and he is going to help you and sustain you. I pray for those who are in need financially that God will open the windows of heaven and begin to pour favor on your life. You'll see the answers to the prayers you've been praying. I pray for the miracle power of healing to flow in your body right now. If you're sick, I want you to touch your head, your heart, your lungs, the part of your body, and I want you to believe as I'm believing with you right now that the healing virtue of God would flow into your body. We have seen stage three throat cancer healed. We have seen COVID healed and gone and disappeared. So I'm praying today that your healing would manifest in Jesus' name. And I pray that this will be one of the best weeks you've had because you will know that the Lord is walking with you. I love you. I'm thrilled that you're a part of our online campus and we're praying for you. You send us a request. You send us a testimony so we can celebrate together. God bless you and have a wonderful